What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. I'm Money, your friendly host. I guess I'm a host today. <laughs> and I'm joined today by the home. My name is Sethy Davis, you know. Shout out, shout out, you know. What what do they need to know about me? Uh, where can we find you, who you are, what you do? Okay, so what am I doing? You know, I'm a <laughs> I'm a scholar, I'm an activist, I'm a sex symbol, you know. You know, I'm here to liberate all the traits. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> No, for real. I'm a doctoral student in Syracuse's <laughs> Composition Cultural Rhetoric Program, and I'm also a teaching assistant in the Women's Gender Studies Department. So, you know, I'm into this critical thinking stuff yes. that, you know, Martinique be into. <laughs> to liberate all the trade. Okay. You know, I'm here. I'm like the Harriet Tubman of black gay men. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, shotgun liberation. You, you coming with me or not. Let my people let go. My people go. <laughs> Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type of dark night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. The queer walk of the week this week. So I have two queer walks of the week. Um, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Serena Sonoma. Uh, she is a journalist who really is responsible for all of the the viral um, pieces that I've seen about uh, black trans women. Mm-hmm. And she is a black trans woman, so I just wanted to uplift her and thank her for all of her Shout like out. journalist work. Uh, she's incredible. You can check out most of her work on Wear Your Voice, um, wearyourvoice.com. And I also wanted to give Queer Walk of the Week to Kelly Harrison, so a lot of folks have seen or heard of uh, Kelly Harrison because um, recently Erica King's story went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't heard yet, I don't know where you've been, but um, Erica King is the black trans woman who has been really going through it in this like upstate prison. Um, she is in a male prison and has been like abused by prisoners and COs. And so her mom took to Facebook and posted the, this video, um, and her story went viral. You can check it out in the hashtag Justice for Erica. Um, and so I just wanted to, I guess, continue from last uh, episode of bigging up queer moms and queer mothering mm-hmm. and all the ways that queer women of color are out here raising folks. Right, and have always been. Yes. Mm-hmm. I saw, um, I think Janet Mock reposted uh, this thing that Miss Major posted and had, like, this quote about... You know, I'm everybody mama. And yeah. that, that's so true. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I think especially, particularly in cities like New York, where there's this whole, um, like, underground way you have to navigate the city if you're a queer black woman. Right. That black trans women have been, like, doing that mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember. For, Having school and the girls on how to survive, you know. Forever. So I de- I haven't seen a lot of folks talk about like Kelly Harrison as like this mom who broke this story and really I mean she got her moved out of um the solitary confinement she's she's received medical treatment because her story has gotten so big and people were calling the um the prison 
And that's some, that's some like next level. I mean, we, we always talk about like what support looks like supporting your queer kids. Mm -hmm. This is a queer mama out here, like protecting her baby who is, I mean, this prison couldn't be closer to the Canadian border. Like it's like so up North New York, uh, so far away and used her presence on social media to continue to mother her baby. So Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to shout her out. So community contributors this week, um, number one is Artistic Ambition. And if I mispronounce y'all Twitter handles, I apologize. It's just, I don't, I don't know what y'all be getting at with some of these spellings. So I I apologize, but I think it's Artistic Ambition. Number two is Moneybags Molder, M-U-L-D-E-R. I'll put all of them in the info box. Um, Number three is Black Vegan Society. And number four is, I'm just going to spell it, X-S-B-R-H. Six burr? Sexy birch. Sexy bitch. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one of those. <laughs> um, I just want to thank all of y'all for continuing to support Queer Walk the Page. Um, for those of you who don't know, this podcast grew out of Queer Walk the uh, Tumblr page. And we just kind of like blew up on there. We extended and exhausted what Tumblr had to offer. So I started the podcast from there. So if you haven't already, you should go check out QueerWalk.com. That's Queer W-O-C. That's the official QueerWalk. I know that um, (laughs) we've been having uh, some issues today with people hitting me up about mock pages. QueerWOC.com is where you can really be linked there to everything. The podcast, um, the Instagram, all that stuff. Um, and if you want to submit, but you don't have a Tumblr, cause I know folks have been asking me that too, uh, queerwalkpod at gmail.com. So you can send topics, questions, your selfies. If you want me to post those on the page, uh, comments, concerns, come to Jesus stuff or anything, you can submit it to queerwalkpod at gmail.com. This week's mental moment with money. Um, it's really, it's not going to be long because I, I talk, I think I talked a lot about how I approach mental health on the last episode. This one is really self-care is not an individual process. And I'll say that again. Self-care is not an individual process. I've heard folks talk about self-care in this framing of like, you need to step away and silo yourself from everything outside of the outside and in the world to heal. And that's just not a way that folks like us have ever healed um, or how healing is done um, in any kind of like long lasting way. So you might feel better like for a few days or a few hours, but if we're talking about like fundamentally changing um, your experience or some shit you've been through, you need to do that with people. Or your engagement with the world, you know. Because yeah. like, a lot of that is what, you know, makes us depressed. It's not just, like, how we feel about ourselves, but it's how it's our relationship to the larger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that we live in, our relationships, our, our job, all that type of stuff. So you can't really fix your relationship with your mama if you ain't talking to your mama. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so there's... Uh... There's this theorist. I hate to give him any kind of shine because, you know, he one of them old white dudes that always gets credit for creating shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bowen, um, and he has this whole, like, idea around um, emotional cutoff in families, right? And so when you when you actually cut off from the thing that's causing 
the conflict, it's never actually really resolved because right. the conflict's still there. Just because mm-hmm. um, you've detached from it don't mean it went away. And so I wanted to remind folks of that because uh, I don't I don't know why, but some somehow in post like end of the summer and like kind of gearing up for the fall semester, people like just hit this rock bottom space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I just wanted to remind folks reach reach out. That's also hard when you really feel in the throes of depression. Um, get a code with your friends. Like, uh, me and Amal was talking about, if I send you exclamation points, you know. Like, <laughs> you know what it is. Mm-hmm. So that way, it's not like you need to frame this whole sentence of, girl, I'm going through it. And I would, right. you know, it's just that like. that takes a lot of energy. It does. And sometimes, you, you be so emotionally, like, numb that you can't even form that sentence. Right. So I would say get get a code with your homies and just like know that that's what it is. Um, try to stay connected to folks. Have like dates with friends, like eating dates. Go out to the buffet, the lunch buffet or whatever. Um, go go get your nails done with a friend every three weeks. Whatever whatever those things are that you consider your self care rituals, try to include a homie in them. Ooh. So now we're going to get to the topic. All right. So this is actually going to be the second episode in a series that I'm doing on gay and Greek. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I don't know how else to like intro that, but I've, I've been seeing a lot of conversations around LGBTQ identities and D9 organizations. And so... For those of you who aren't Greek or aren't familiar with Greek lingo, D9 is the divine nine. They are the nine historically black um, fraternities and sororities. And so I know some folks in these organizations who are okay with talking about their queerness. And so I figured that I would do like this series of folks in D9 orgs and their experiences navigating their identities in these spaces. So, um, So my first question, and I'm going to answer too. But I'm setting it up like an interview. You know, you ain't just going to put me out of your plan. So I want to know the when, where, and whys of your organization. It's like, when did you join? Why did you join? Where? Okay. Um, pledge, um, I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha, um, Ada Roland to follow nine. Um, okay. What, what else do you need to know? Part of the reason I wanted to be alpha is because my dad's an alpha. The men in my family are alphas like my uncles are. Mm-hmm. Even some of the dudes that my cousins married were alpha. So it's like, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Not to mention, you know, I'm a scholar, you know, I'm an intellect, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm a bougie-ass nigga, so it just, <laughs> it, it makes sense, you know. And a lot of my friends are alpha, so like I enjoy um, the brotherhood and, and the camaraderie. So, mm-hmm. it works. Okay. So, I, so you want to hear my, my yeah. response to that? Um... So I crossed Spring 09, uh, March 6, 2009. I ain't going at all. <laughs> no, no, I just know it. October 24, <laughs> you know, 10, 1024 okay. p.m. We, we, we don't yeah, have to yes. do this <laughs> on a cold night. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, um, okay, so I crossed at Auburn University, uh, Armacron Iota chapter, uh-huh. undergrad at, yeah, at Auburn in Alabama. And so that's also why I asked you because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think these these northeast East Greeks are very different, mm-hmm. and we we both have like an exposure to or knowledge of Southern Greek life, mm-hmm. um, which is different. So a lot of people are like, 
Girl, you you pledged in Alabama and you gay? Right. Um, yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, because, like, I know with my situation, like, so I, I went to, I was a student at TSU from, or Tennessee State University in Nashville, which is a historically black college, um, a state historically black college, from 2006 to 2009. So during that time, and even now, it's pretty much commonly understood that gay dudes don't get online. Like, mm-hmm, they, they mm-hmm. don't make it. Like, everyone knows that they want to be... Same thing with gay girls to a certain yeah. extent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just common knowledge. And so, like, my whole time at TSU, like, my my friends kept it clear that there's, like, that's not really what you try to do, even though that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so by the time that it came to actually engage with the brothers, like it actually they made it very clear that they didn't see me as a brother in that way. So like when I pledged um Alpha, I definitely pledged um graduate chapter. Um that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. You know it definitely put me with um like um minded brothers that, you know, we're doing similar things and um, going similar places mm-hmm. um, in their lives. So I feel like everything kind of happens for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think had I not come in undergrad when I did, mm-hmm. so I was a reactivation line. Okay. And reactivation yeah. lines yeah. are very different. They very just like, different. okay, we need as many bodies. <laughs> 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 um, not like not to say, because I think a lot of people even my first guest um, in this series, like, shade S.G. Rowe for being, like, a very small sorority in comparison to, like, these, you know, dynasties of the other um, D9 sororities. Because when Delta AKA come back, they come back with 200 Like, girls. 50 bit, yeah. yeah. Well, so, 50 girls on a PWI campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 200 That's, girls on HBCU campus. Which is another thing. Like, I went to a PWI. Mm-hmm. I was at, at Auburn University. I remember after I left... Maybe I think when I the year I graduated my master's degree, the the Delta yeah it was because it was their centennial line. Okay. The Deltas crossed fifty girls. That was every black woman on campus, mm-hmm. but damn near, you know. Yeah. So so for us to have a reactivation line with like five women, it was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, SGO had been off campus for like ten years. So um, I think had I not come in at that point, I wouldn't have ever joined. Yeah, I have a um uh masculine centered lesbian cousin who pledged mm-hmm. AKA at Morgan State during a comeback year. Mm-hmm. And so like me and her talked about that I'm not sure if, wait, I'm not sure if she actually admitted or teased that out as being a factor, but in my mind that was always mm-hmm. a factor because it's mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, at TSU on a normal AKA line, they ain't taking no less than dainty bitch. Yeah. It yeah. just ain't gonna happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with when these comeback lines happen or when folks get in trouble. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yep. That those are all like factors in. And it it's sad because I mean, right off bat it frames it as if um like these things are deficit somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm I'm a pretty gender conforming bitch as far as my clothing. Mm-hmm. I think I have a pretty masculine like way of being or I like the way my personality is pretty aggressive, but I'm pretty gender conforming. So it so it wasn't that. So I used to think, oh, like the gay girls can't cross because it's like this high femme society, basically. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's, yeah. it's it's more than that. Definitely it's more than right. like your gender presentation. It's the literal sexuality. It's like that scene as a. And I would say with um, male Greeks, it really everything is the presentation more mm-hmm. so because especially if we're talking about like how many of them are on the low and all that type of stuff it really is the appearance of being gay you know mm-hmm. or the appearance mm-hmm. of femininity that seems to be 
the tear away or the takeaway that, you know, invalidates one's, you know, manhood and thus they're not a good brother or, you know, bullshit. But, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't believe it, but, you know. Because I'm like, which is interesting because all of these public displays of brotherhood or sisterhood for the sororities are pretty, um, I don't know, same gender loving. If you, if you're just like looking at it, like I, I think about like surrounding, surrounding a soror who's graduating and all of us like crossed up and holding hands Mm -hmm. around her or being locked up, which I, I was never locked up. And the the homoeroticism of hazing is so deep Mm -hmm. and, and, and thorough that I don't even want to engage. And then, like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's, it's like, duh. Yeah. Like, the, 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 connect, the, the connecting things between um, sadomasochism and, and hazing. Like. Yeah. But my biggest critique of hazing still is this whole thing of how you in the streets marching, yelling Black Lives Matter, and then beating Be, yeah. uh, another black man in the basement. Yes. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous, you know, but. Well, that's, there it is then. I, I mean, shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I've been, like, screaming for years but not in those words like that makes it very like clear and like how do you expect yourself to be taken seriously as like I'm going to say a race woman or a race you know Mm -hmm. not that this is 1890 but you know how do you expect people to take you seriously as someone who loves the people the folk if you yeah doesn't make any type of sense Mm -hmm. but I think but one thing that I also have to understand about all that stuff is how important rites of passage are to people and how people seem to also be dying, yearning, dying literally yeah. to be part of a rites of passage ceremony that validates their existence and their masculinity and their femininity in the eyes of their peers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, shit. It's not just the hazers that want this shit. It's to keep the hazies too. The yeah. Hazies too. So you know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've crossed several lines and. Um, I'm not the nicest pro fight because I want you to like, know why. And so I said this before, but um, I think a lot of people are trying to uh, trying to join something that they see as like that will make them irresistible mm-hmm. instead of trying to be irresistible themselves. Thank you. That's and, what. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. But that's the whole <laughs> point. It's like, especially if we're talking about down low niggas. It's mm-hmm. like you want to join an organization that will then authorize you as a straight man. Right, right. So then you can do whatever the hell you want to. Yeah. And so that's on the sexuality element, but also even on this class or in, on the social element, mm-hmm. like people need these organizations in order to make them uh, thoughtful person. Yeah, yeah, Intellectual yeah. person, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, because I'll go to an event and see, like, people talking shit about each other. Not just the Alpha event, but, like, Greek events mm-hmm. in general. And then I'll be thinking to myself, and it's like, I thought the whole point of being an Alpha or being Greek or even getting a PhD and all this was that you're so sophisticated that you make everyone else feel so good yeah. and so smart mm-hmm. because they're around you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Not... As something to use as a tool to make other people feel like shit. Like, yeah. that defeats the whole mother's exactly. purpose. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think one of the first conversations I ever had with you when we met was about, like, the the contradiction in Greek organizations of, like, trying to um, uplift the community while also looking down on yes. the community. So it's like, how, how can, like, that happen? And it also reminds me of the contradictions of, like, queerness in these spaces also. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, 
oh well our founding principles that like people always go back to that like mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll say people the cis heteros in yes. these organizations always go back to well our founders wasn't and our founders also weren't beating the shit out of girls in basements thank or, you or like and one like just because folks didn't identify a certain way because keep in mind that's all that shit is relatively new queerness mm-hmm. is not new thank you you know having thank homosexual you. sex is right, not something right, new but right. identifying yourself by your sexual orientation that's some new yeah, shit yeah. and so when we talk about when majority of these organizations were founded mm-hmm. that's pre-understanding right. our selves yeah. and sexual selves yeah. in that way yeah. so a lot of them likely a lot of founders likely were engaging in what we would deem queer or gay activity I absolutely but they just didn't so. identify themselves or understand right. it in that way right you know but that's mm-hmm. also not to rid them of homophobia that likely did happen on them campuses absolutely at that time too, absolutely you know yeah uh i mean I, so i i think i think about octavia butler's kindred so much mm-hmm. and all these things yes. but just like i don't think what anything we're doing as a generation is like new right i think we just right. like got we got a new swag to it mm-hmm. and so even right now, when I think about what organizing spaces look like when you're trying to get some shit off the ground, it's so many queer right. black people we in those all, spaces. Like, we so, always are so there. tell me what the founders did. Likely the founders were queer. We're the only ones we're that the, give a damn about a goddamn thing. All straight people want to do is, is party and, 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 and buy a house and die. Right. Y'all don't give a shit about shit. Right, right. Like, it is right. always queer people that have been trying to change culture. Make it so um, that we can have something. Make it so that we can escape. All these folks yeah. been queer. Stop. Yeah. And and I'm even thinking about who maintains these organizations. Thank you. So it's no coincidence that I had to go to a national SG Row conference to meet other gay SG Rows. Because that's the only ones there. That's these all are- <laughs> that convention, conclave, boule, all that shit. Like, th- these are the women, the same women that you are pretty much like invalidating their existence. Because mm-hmm. SG Row want to make a graphic celebrating every damn thing every day except Pride Month. Yeah. A whole Pride yeah. Month passes and you don't put out no like. Right. Happy Pride. I sure didn't see no Alpha Happy Pride. But you put out a 4th of July, which why are we still doing that? Like you <laughs> you celebrate the troops. You do all of this, but yeah. there's no like Happy Pride. Yet, your national conference is full of mm-hmm. queer sorrows. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, like don't play this game. Mm-hmm. Why are we still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I think about. Especially, so I was talking to uh, AKA on the first part of this. And I'm like, you really think that, statistically speaking, that there are 20 women in a, in a room and they just, like, none of them at all are queer. <laughs> and, like, even if we don't even put a label, none of them had engagements with uh, with the same sex right. at all. Right, Y'all really think that this is something, some brand new shit that, yeah. you know, we really own some new Oh, these gay people trying to take over our organization. We've been running them. And what I've been telling <laughs> straight people all this time, too. If you want to know who's gay in your organization, just think about who's the one that's always trying to keep gay folks out. Hmm. Who's the one that is always policing gender or policing how you dress Mm -hmm, or how you do mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. and how you ain't never was man enough and can't get in his shit? uh, Congratulations, you just met the gay member of your organization. Yeah. Thanks, Seth. Yeah. So so what you just said reminded me of this public versus private divide of the South. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always, I think I've had this kind of story around my experience with SG Row while the whole time I was in Alabama was like this 
safety net in a lot of ways. Like, first of all, that's part of the reason why I joined because blackness was scarce at my university. And like, these are the women who supported me before I even knew what their organization was. And so I'm like, okay, I'm down for that. Um, But then they also supported me in my sexuality. Like, it was never a beef about you can't bring your your girl or even though my first girlfriend was a soror. So like that was part of it. But um but there was never any beef around like us holding hands or being together at sorority functions. However, semicolon, I was also holding like Greek life office on my campus. Mm-hmm. Not just D9 but like Greek life. And and I think that there was a little like road at gay shit back when you're around other orgs. Because we don't want them to think that's all SG Row is. Right. As if that would be bad. But here's the thing about it. Can we even crack that? I think gay pe- I mean, straight people aren't willing to even crack that open. But I think we as queer people can crack that open. I think there's some truth to the idea that if one or two gay people are in the org, that the perception is that the whole, at least, chapter is. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I can't say that that is so wrong. It's fucked up, maybe. Mm-hmm. But but back to what you were saying, though, like we, one thing that black people don't want to tease out is why being perceived as gay is such a terrible it's a, thing. It's bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I've heard of chapters. I've, I've even, um, so we have like a gay soror group me, and um, I've heard folks even in there say, "Oh yeah, we're we the gay chapter." Like everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and why why that becomes. A bad thing. Like, why is it bad that we have a chapter of our organization that is that is like known on their campus for well, for crossing? Well, let's let's uh, but let's deal with the real. Also, we know all this shit. Well, even though all of our mission statements are talking about an uplift and community <laughs> service and mm-hmm, all that type of shit, mm-hmm. and shout out to everyone's mission statement because I do believe we all at least attempt to get somewhere near that. But also, just like the white frats and sororities, this shit is all designed to be elite. This, is, this shit is yeah. all designed mm-hmm. um, and is affected by this larger economy that we live in, too. So with all that being said, like it's about generational wealth and making so your children um, socialize with the mm-hmm, right type mm-hmm, of people mm-hmm, and marry. Mm-hmm. And so and, and as soon as we go there, we're in heteronormativity land. Right. You know, so this shit really is about putting um, men with women alphas with AKs and the Deshi Rose. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And the whole shit. Mm-hmm. So when gay people come through this equation doesn't compute from a straight <laughs> yeah. from the straight gays, it doesn't mm-hmm. compute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the reality of me and both me and your dating history proves that it, <laughs> it does. Works very well. <laughs> I was about to say we're not that different from our right. sexual counterparts. Right. You know, I, I mean, there have been so many points in my life where I should have had the split license plate, like you know? <laughs> SGRO AKA. You know, <laughs> I, all my exes have been um, Kappas and Alphas. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just is what it is. Yeah. So I, that that's gonna move me to my next question then. Um, because I was going to ask you about like your gay and Greek experiences as far as like dating, gender performance, any of that stuff. Um, um, uh, <laughs> experience how? Like, okay. Um, okay. You, you could be as candid as you want or like whatever. Um, so I guess when I, when I framed this question of like gay and Greek experiences mm-hmm. is when did you. Like, I don't know, first encounter, like, other queer folks in okay, that's a good, D9 spaces? That's a good, um, good question. Okay, so one of my, one of my line brothers, um, mm-hmm. 
was out and I was out too. So of course, as soon as we met each other and, and throughout the process, we were having that type of real talk. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, when that's amazing. I wish I had a line sister. You know. So when, um, like say Atlanta Greek picnic and stuff like came around, like we met <laughs> up and went to that, and mm-hmm. so we met with other gay um, mm-hmm, alphas mm-hmm. or whatever. And so um, since being in the org, like I've gone to convention and met a lot, and then also being that running, um, I want to say, what is this? Running cross perpendicular, perpendicular yeah. to also being a grad student, like being a grad mm-hmm. student, being a doctoral student, you're a part of um, similar black bougie ass circles, right, right. you know, of mm-hmm. Greek or links or just um, grad um, people. So, like, it feels in a lot of ways that I've been surrounded by Greeks, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I go out of my way to date frat dudes. Like, I feel like. <laughs> As a feminist, I feel like <laughs> that, that should be the epitome of the types of niggas that repulse me. Like, even while I'm a dude in a fraternity. But, like, I feel like that's what, what's around. That's why I have access to it. And in real, real life, if I profess my actual love for my actual organization, those are like-minded men. Thank you. You know? So, I, I said this also on, like, the last part of this that I did about... Like, it's no mistake. It's no. It's by no accident that I've dated mostly sorors mm-hmm. because these are these are women that share like some sort of like common values with me. Right. I get that I'm like radical as fuck, and we might right. not overlap completely, but something drew us to the same organization because it ain't like SG Row is is out here like in everybody's faces and people are just like, well, I just want to be an SG row for the brand of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a particular path you take when you decide to join Sigma mm-hmm. Game Row. So we got a same shit in common. For taking it there because um specifically intellectuals. There are a lot of out mm-hmm. gay alpha intellectuals mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that I've met since um being in the academy. And like um, love the dudes I process with in the whole nine, but like when I start thinking about like dudes that really share how I think about stuff and that are really alike in me, it's like it's like my fellow alpha men or not just alpha men but D nine intellectuals. Like, yeah. like fuck the men part, but like even you, mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. like this this is the sorority, this is the yeah, fraternity yeah, yeah. because in a lot of ways, like. We all feel like, even though some have been on the download, some have been out the whole time, we all feel somewhat marginalized. Like, that's yeah. one thing that we can't, you know, yeah. overlook. So, with that being said, in the academies, I feel like Greeks find, re-find each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or queer Greeks find each other. Yeah. And then also, uh, again, it brings me back to, like, who's actually running this stuff. That too. Like, with every level of my education that I've obtained, so in undergrad... I think it was like just a mixed pot of everybody. But then my master's program, most of the Greeks I knew were queer. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm a PhD student, I'm hard pressed to find a, a Greek that ain't queer right. in these spaces. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we all of them ain't out. No, oh, absolutely because not. Because I had this yeah. joke with a um, with a friend of mine that she was like, I um, I don't. You're the only um, gay alpha I know, and I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that. Let's, I mean, let's just leave it there. Yeah. yeah, I'm the only gay alpha you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were out prior to crossing. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. out in college. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny, me and my dad had a conversation. Like, we just healed about that um, 
in the last couple of weeks because I felt a lot of pressure from my dad um, to be an alpha. Yeah, because you had legacy. Yeah. And also a good friend of mine, um, Brent, who later became an alpha, was um, we both were trying to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when there's another person on a, a different world type shit. So when you got another person trying to get it too, it makes it look like, oh, he has more progress in that than you do and all this type of stuff. But one thing that I wasn't honest with my dad about when I was at TSU was, and we're like, those niggas weren't my type of niggas. Mm-hmm. Just to keep it real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every chapter is different. Yeah, and, yeah. and honestly, mm-hmm. looking back, it's like, why would you want to be in association or in fraternity with folks that you don't, you don't even right. share common interests with mm-hmm. or don't even particularly like? Mm-hmm. But all that, my personal feelings about all that was secondary to I had to do it. I mm-hmm. had to finish. I had to be it or in order to be a man, in order to follow the legacy mm-hmm. and all that, all that type of stuff. And so we talked about it recently, and I had to um, confess to him that I was like, you know, with all the pressure that I feel that you put on me, I know if I would have said to you that I'm really not interested in them up at TSU, I'm not, you know, it's not looking good. They they told me that they are not about to make no gay dudes, so why even go to the information mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff? Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I said that clearly, I think he would have um, fallen back mm-hmm. and left alone. And he agreed that he would have. But, you know... I think even I had to accept that. And that's one thing I do respect about gay people in gay fraternities and sororities, like black gay fraternities and sororities. In a lot of ways, I do feel like I've picked my homophobia. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with just being in the D9 world, you know, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. like, you know what you, you knew yeah. what you were getting into. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. like, when I'm confronted with it, it doesn't make it right, it doesn't make it cool, but right. it's like, I know how these niggas are. are. Yeah. Yeah, I had. So what's funny is like when I think about who I was as an 18 year old, like seeking membership, mm-hmm. I I thought about it more along like my racial identity. Mm-hmm. Like this meant something for me as a black person. I don't right. think I really thought about it in this gendered way until like I was at one of these unofficial interest meetings. And this girl was like, oh, this little dyke ain't crossing my sorority. I got called and- out at the, at the informational, too. Yeah. And they, like, people are so... That's the thing about black folks and queerness. Like, they can't just pass by it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, let it, let it be. Mm-mm. And what was funny is that... So, I think, specifically my sophomore year of undergrad, thinking back on it, I had accepted in high school that, like, okay, I like women. Mm-hmm. But that's not a thing you can do. Like, so you just need to focus on school, get your degree. And so it never even occurred to me that my, I was performing my sexuality in a way that people could tell I was gay before I even said anything. Girl, child, folks accused me of having a sex change <laughs> back in the third grade. Child, like, it just, I've always been queer. Like, it just, it just, and it, like, me, me and the um, lesbian cousin and I told you about that was okay. Me and her were talking about that at, at our family wedding a couple weeks ago that it's like, I really have always been the same person. Yeah. So, like, when it came to... Sometimes I wonder, like, maybe if I would have came there, like, just straight up being, like, I was out. But if I'd been, like, if they asked me, been like, mm-hmm. fuck you, of course I am. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that would have gone. I likely still would have made it. <laughs> but I do also think about what if I would have went to a different school? What if I would have mm-hmm. went to a Fisk or a Hampton or Howard instead of a public school? But I think the what if is a waste of time, though, in, in real it life. Is. Because 
what we're talking about is nonsense and what we're talking about is a sickness, which is homophobia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And we're essentially saying like, oh, maybe if I'd done this, I'd been able to navigate it easy. No! Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. There's no way to escape it, you know? Yeah. So my, my first girlfriend was a soror from uh, Tuskegee, mm-hmm. which is like big names in the HBCU right, right. realms. I think people even outside of like black culture recognize that, oh, Tuskegee is like this import- important thing to black culture. That's where the Commodores went. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, true. And Tom Jordan too. <laughs> what? Didn't it, uh, oh boy, what's the uh, cue with the morning show? Did he go to Skate? Uh, yeah, Tavis Smiley. No, uh, wait, Tavis Smiley's a Catholic. Not, um, yeah, not him. Um, Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley, Ricky there we Smiley. go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like, you know, thinking through that and also... How do I... I don't know. Uh, so so, so uh, in my head, it's like combining with what you were talking about before we actually started recording about... Um, like, like, we didn't just create this. It's not new. Like, we kind of knew what was going on from the beginning. And mm-hmm. that they were, like, kind of set up homophobic. Right. And transphobic. Uh-huh. Because cause we were talking about that generational wealth thing. <coughs> that whole thing, too. That is, like... I don't know why I'm coughing. This whole thing is designed to put um, specific bodies, specific men of a certain class with specific women of a certain class, you know, in order to, you know... Have um, children and um, promote generational wealth and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And so, when we're talking about why these organizations are homophobic, oh, that's the clear, re- like, it's clear. It's not, you don't even have to wonder and ponder, mm-hmm. you know. So, I think, um, so a lot of times when I think about my founders, I think about survival strategies because, you know, we were founded on a intentionally white campus mm-hmm. with like the KKK raging and shit. And, all the things they did to navigate safety and like how homophobia was just kind of like a byproduct of that. Like you have to be the the most upstanding quote unquote Respect. black person. Yes. Yeah. That you can be. And so of course that excludes there's queerness. No there's no, that. yeah, there's no room for it. Cause I'm even thinking about seeing now as soon as you go historic and I'm like, one thing that I always um, in, um, engage with with going through this doctoral process is that, like, the jewels, the seven founders mm-hmm. of um, Alpha, were up here in upstate New York getting these damn um, degrees or, yeah. or trying to At live. Cornell. Yeah, A hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, like, like, damn. And so, like, even, like, Alpha's history as a literary group and study group and all that type of stuff, like, again, we had to band together. We had to yeah. squad up together because, one... All the shit that white folks was doing, trying mm-hmm. to get us out these schools and harassment and all that type yeah. of stuff. But also, this shit is hard. We mm-hmm. all, uh, most of us, most of the um, founders had southern roots. So mm-hmm. when they were in a lot of these, um, these upstate or up these eastern yeah. cities and north or midwestern cities, they were away from their folks. Mm-hmm. So had to depend on each other. This this type of other mothering and other brothering that low-key we opened up talking right, about. Right, right. And so, like, these folks have had to basically take the white man's tools and refashion them in order to serve black people's purpose. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, but don't do the same thing right, to right. your people. Right, You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how to break that. That was another one of my questions, mm-hmm. is, like, suggestions or, or advice, which kind of, the both of those words feel too light mm-hmm. for our organizations to undo some of that. Well, when we're talking about a lot of that, 
to it's funny. I don't think you can have a conversation about homophobia and D not and that doesn't engage with hazing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I do think they're very that they're very linked. You know, and um, this this idea of having to prove your worth, prove your masculinity, prove your femininity is very much so tied to homophobia. So, and it's really tied to hazing. It's tied like, to hazing. Yeah, tied to classism. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so you know, but, and the, but this is way of like. Um, so I think about even all the language we use around ourselves, like um, like maid or mm-hmm. like any of that stuff. Uh, there's I don't know. There's <laughs> just like this this As breaking. You said and, maid, it made me think of coming out though, like a coming out show, like you know that phrase, you know this time. But go ahead with the maid. Yeah, even well that makes sense. <laughs> So we'll be like, oh, when is the probate? Oh, the alphas came out. Oh, the the SG Rose came out last night. (laughs) Um. And especially when we talk about heteronormativity is about coming out as straight over and over and over again. Yes, it is that. All 20 dudes are coming out as heterosexual men when they're stepping and putting these letters on their their chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or heterosexual women. I what was I just thinking about that? Oh, it's like, I, yeah, I was thinking about like this process of breaking, mm-hmm. like that you you have to be broken and in rebuild. order to, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I, I just think that all of that is fucked up. Like all of these, like you said, these rites of pra- a passage of blackness are are just like steeped in pain. Mm-hmm. Like why yes, do they have yes, to be yes. like? Like, even when you go to the black church and, and I came up in Olivet Fellowship Baptist Church on da-da-da-da night Arnold, I would have had you <laughs> if I would have been born. But here's the thing about it. Even sitting through a black church service, don't know, like, a white church service is slightly different. Don't nobody love the blood and the breaking mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the torture of Jesus quite like black folks. We love it. I know it was the blood for me. So I don't find it that surprising that, um, that black Greek life is so steeped in wood and making and breaking bricks and yeah yeah that ain't got nothing to do with scholarship I mean or what makes you a good person (laughs) y'all love invoking like these mission statements and the founders how about we invoke them here because like and memorizing and citing all these poems um, of dead white men yes (laughs) like that's how you know that a lot of the stuff was about assimilation yeah yeah absolutely yeah because i mean i think well more so up here when i got up here like everybody's like really into like invictus yes yes i'm like hmm (laughs) you know like that's that's interesting to me Mm mm-hmm and there are dudes that, that keep a sermon about Invictus yeah. for, for any, any any moment, just in case somebody want to start spitting it. They ready to, to do a damn oral interp of it. It's like, calm your ass down. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's not that deep. Yeah. It's true, but it ain't deep. It ain't that deep, you know. So I think, uh, I think that's a, a good point, and I try to think about... So, um, in... Damn, how do I even open this? So in like thinking about navigating my membership to this organization, why I joined in the first place and who I am today, because mm-hmm. I'm damn near 10 years in, I think about, I've been, I've challenged like, 
I've challenged queerphobia, transphobia in my organization mm-hmm. to like no avail. You know, they still like just Likewise. whatever. I'm a drop in a bucket in comparison to all of the like cis hetero women lining up to Especially continue. You recognize how the institution works to keep right. this shit going and how it feels I mean, incoming. Yeah, this shit too. It's like. We didn't even talk about like corporations and like sponsorships from orgs and stuff. Um, But I think that that's a good way to get at that. Like this, because they they always down to talk about hazing and how we need to stop hazing and all this. And I'm like, okay, so. Ain't nobody trying to change the culture around hazing though, but go ahead. No. (laughs) And and also, (laughs) like these, it's funny because. These quote unquote like they 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 purport to be cis hetero women, but they be the main ones coming back cross seven years ago coming back to hate some girls who are like online now mm-hmm. and something about that feels very R. Kelly-ish to me <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, like bitch you over here living in a totally different city with, with a husband and kids maybe yeah. not um, got a full on job but you come um, to be up in um, 18 and 19 year old face basically yeah. saying bitch you ain't shit you ain't yeah. shit until you come through me bitch yeah. go get a life yeah. and same thing even with niggas when it comes to hazing all that shit she you be in some pussy right now like yeah. she you be like yeah. doing something productive doing your homework at a job but you up in my face talking about prove something to me like yeah. nigga please yeah but to talk about like how that that is connected to like this performance of femininity or masculinity that's accepted in the organization mm-hmm. uh, what this means for queer folks who are joining yeah so I so actually um my organization like revamped their like mission and vision statement and really it's more open to interpretation and so so it's 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 more about like women of in any phase of education and yeah, of our community right. and so i'm like okay well i'm gonna hold I'm y'all to this then so yeah. so since we're expanding our definitions of when and where like women are should that not include trans women because that's like i feel like that's the the and and not only like internally like at allowing access to these organizations for like folks who are already out and identify as trans mm-hmm. but also claiming our members who did cross and are yes. like now identify as trans exactly um and like because, nobody wants to have that conversation because and truly we try to act like this is a new conversation no this is a conversation that should have been half from jump because yeah. trans people are nothing new like please yeah and so and there have been trans members of every organization that have transitioned whether or not their brothers or sisters have known that's a different type of story mm-hmm. but every line has a couple people that disappear that you never hear from again. right like right. so like let's yeah. stop playing that game too mm-hmm so, like, of course, I would be um, definitely open um, to embracing um, alpha trans brothers um, mm-hmm. and all that. But here's the thing about it. I'm in an organization that act like it can't accept gay men as if gay men haven't already been in the world. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like, sure, when we when y'all ready to have that conversation, yeah, please, yes, I'm down. Like, I, I'll sign the petition, child. I'll be at yeah. the ceremony. But damn mm-hmm. it, shit, in a lot of niggas' eyes, I ain't even a bruh. Right, by, you know? right, right. Same, same. I've, I mean, I've had... Soros in the Northeast region tell me to my face, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, you can't be a part of this ritual, you you can't stay in the room with us, you know, and so, <laughs> damn, it's like, I'm fighting for, for my 
letters mm-hmm. in in a sense. And then meanwhile, I'm I'm also like trying to be like, well, you need to be more inclusive of these folks when you really ain't made room for me. Yeah, I don't even have a seat at the table. <laughs> you know, that's that's the metaphor everyone wants to go with since the lounge. But yeah. it's like I barely got a seat at the table myself, and I'm mm-hmm. but. Hasn't that always been the black plight or the queer plight that mm-hmm. it's like you don't even have a, a have a place to stand, but yet you're mm-hmm. having to create space for for know. other folks? Yeah, you know, yeah. So, well, I, oh, go ahead. oh, I just was going to ask you about um, something that also came up for me was so I was I was I was um, destigmatizing my queer identity at the same time I was like seeking membership, right? Mm-hmm. So. I was going to like, you know, my interest stuff. And then on <laughs> on Tuesday nights, I was going to the gay club. And so I was always aware of, I, I don't know, in, in Alabama, they call them shadow organizations or like the queer equivalents of the D9 or. Oh, that's so, what we're talking about. So like, um, I think the, the, what's funny is that the, the male equivalents of those are known more than the, uh, yeah, I've only one. I've only met one male, um, no one female male mm-hmm. alpha. Yeah, yeah, and so like Miyaka's, um, Mod, Dasmar, like all of those like shadow orgs. Of- I like that phrase, shadow org. I'm mm-hmm. gonna use that in my dissertation. <laughs> yeah, like um, matter of fact, though, that's who I used to hang with um, at TSU. Um, Me definitely too. towards the end of my um, time there. Was with the um, Miyakas mm-hmm. um, at TSU. Well, I guess the Miyakas and MOD too, because you know, really, it was um, a lot of same, um, the same click. Mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, but that's how I came across shade and reading mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Was like really, I wasn't in um, Miyaka, but in the kind of larger group or the larger click that you know kind of encompassed it. I was in so. That's how I got to kind of know a black gay community as a thing and not just, mm-hmm. oh, he's a gay dude that's on campus. You're a gay dude on campus. Right. Understand that's like a cultural. A, yeah. You know, like, like, I'm having this experience that you straight black people will never have. Right. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. all, like, know these references from television. And right. not to mention, we know that there's a clique like us in Atlanta and, mm-hmm. like, in New York. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're a part of a larger thing than just, you know, two gay dudes. Right. You know. Yeah. So how do you feel about shadow orgs because I think um, was there a lawsuit something involving the Miyakas and AKA which really kind of like brought that conversation more like above ground yeah like there was a big scandal at TSU about it like because mm-hmm. there was footage of of a Miyaka probate that I believe took place at Texas Southern and so that kind of shined a light on the Miyakas that were at Tennessee State at the time um I've talked with a lot of um, sorority members and uh, and a lot of Miyakas about this and Mel Delta's about this. For me, it wasn't my my route because I knew I wanted to be alpha. Mm -hmm. You know, that was pretty much confirmed in my head or whatever. But um, the type of brotherhood and sisterhood that they create really does in a lot of ways rival (laughs) the the brotherhood and sisterhood created within the system. And like, especially if we're talking about, and I, I'm only thinking from like my experience with Miyakas, it really was more about flattery than anything else. That is like, if you think about the fraternity or sorority that they create amongst themselves, mm-hmm. yes, they, in a lot of ways, evoke a lot of same um, aesthetics and even some of the same rituals from what I understand. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't there, so mm-hmm. I don't know. 
But um, it really, like I said, it really is a sorority slash fraternity unto itself. It is, you know. Yeah. So like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So when um, when I was during my time, my last four years at Auburn, that like Dasmar, which was the I guess like shadow the male men version of Sigma Gamma Rho, those that was my family. Okay. Like the, these folks. Shit, at times more so than like my my own sorors were like there for me, and and again like that community element is like I I feel kind of stuffy and sticky in like these like heteronormative spaces with SG Row, but I know that like I could they know all the same strolls right. like I could, I could ha- have like this real I don't even know like for for whatever like yeah, <laughs> this but... mix of um, like gender inclusive, I could like be my whole self in a for in these type of relationships are nothing new. Nope. Like of course, in, yes. in my in my um campus, I was like that with the AKs. Like we mm-hmm. we were tight like that or whatever, but not tight as in I was claiming it or anything mm-hmm. like that. But we were just cool. Like they've always had gay niggas around. Everyone's had right, gay right. girls around. Like it's, all that's nothing new. But one thing that I like about it, it demonstrates the ways in which black people have always thought beyond these strict male, female, it's gender norms, binary, even yes. while yeah. living within them. Within it, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Shit. And yeah. so when people act like this shit is, is new, it's like, no, like, the, even the term Miyaka is based on an organization that actually did exist mm-hmm. on all these campuses right, where right. gay dudes would oftentimes be a part yeah. of it. Yeah, like we ain't talking about like, mm-hmm. and I love like um one scene in um this is kind of unrelated but related. One scene in Underground was showing a female slave out there on um in the field, mm-hmm. and it's like anyone who's like researched black um, feminism and all that, we all know that um, women women were out there, you know, um, shuck, shucking or or uh, picking at, at the same races as men or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, shit, what did I bring that up to say? Like these gender binaries within blackness have never worked. Exactly. Right? Have never yeah. been our reality. Mm-hmm. We've always existed in kind of both spaces yeah. and had yeah. to, you know, make a way out of nowhere in mm-hmm. that whole thing. So it's mm-hmm. like I always I don't I always go back to you know, Mother Sojourner. But even in her like ain't I a woman, she's yes, just so. like, you know, I cloud feels just like men and ain't I a woman too, you know? So yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I I think that's something that I've always said to Soror specifically and like these spaces and complicating gender and why I can't wear pants in certain places. It's just like specifically for black women, like our femininity is all constantly questioned, attacked, mm-hmm. like um, devalued. And, and we've always made and created our own versions of what it means to be right. a black femme. So why are you holding up these like really like white tea party standards of femininity mm-hmm. with like and stockings gloves right. like derby hats like what exactly. <laughs> like, when- and i feel like the fraternities are at a constant um tug of war with this idea of masculinity um in in terms of well, in civilized society, quote unquote unquote, mm-hmm. all of us should be gentlemen and should be like white dudes mm-hmm. and should be scholars, mm-hmm. you know but then at the same time, you're confronting the very realities of both urban black life, but also just being black in our country. And so another thing is also being desired of black mm-hmm. men. Another performance of masculine performance is someone desired. And so that's why you oftentimes also have this kind of tug of war between 
um, fraternities and this kind of thug um, yes. admiration yeah. or mimicry. Because mm-hmm. it's like, on one level, these fraternities are supposed to be on, on another level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed mm-hmm, to be beyond mm-hmm. this type of quote-unquote blackness. Mm-hmm. But we also are living in times, especially post-hip-hop, where a nigga that's beyond that doesn't have much currency, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, in the eyes of most black people. So it's like this kind of thing, this iffy thing. And then especially we're taking it back to then queer people, where queer people are not included in this idea of who has currency or who's speaking on behalf of half of a community. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. So that, it reminds me of like the Q aesthetic. Yes. And how, how that's like. Versus the, the Omega Man aesthetic. The Omega Man, right. Or, like, um, when I think about Sigmas, because on my campus, I feel like I had a closer relationship with Sigma. Even I should have known back then. But, like, <laughs> um, that, like, go mob uh-huh. representation of masculinity versus, like, a Sigma man. You know, like, and... Well, that's the ape versus a sphinxman or ape versus a yeah, scholar, you know. Yeah, or a noop versus a kappa man. And, and any of those, it's like, when I think about the first part of that, it's... First of all, let's like just get real. It's, like we are funneling black folks from communities of color to these universities that, well, in my experience, were pre- predominantly white, historically white, intentionally uh-huh. white, and yes. so you have to perform your blackness in a certain way just just from doing that, and then you funnel them into these like historically black organizations that are really kind of built on thriving on these university campuses because they assimilate. Exactly. So then you like take take dudes from the hood and like put them into this funnel to make them into like some like we said before like mythic black man. <laughs> yeah. And so in at HBCUs I would say is the same and a little different mm-hmm. because it's like a lot of the dudes that were I'm not going to say all of them because there were there were several legacies. So shout out to legacies that were um, on campus, but there were several dudes who um, first generation, yeah, yeah. Uh, never knew mm-hmm. anything about D nine before they got I to college. I definitely didn't. Yeah. And so even that is a totally different engagement with fraternity sorority life than mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. it is somewhat prescribed or constructed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's supposed to somewhat create this. Ing- so black people are at. I think white people are able to be a little more comfortable with it because it's like a certain group of white people have always been in the in power or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with black people, it's like we're always in some state of inf- our flux trying to pr- pr- um, prove some middle classness mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or some upper classness. Mm-hmm. But thanks to being black, it's never actually proven. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like some of that is what's going on. Like we're always in this kind of ambivalent push and pull trying to make fraternity and sorority and HBCU mean something mm-hmm. in a culture that says Ain't no that shit. Yeah. Stop. I'm yeah. sorry. There is no such thing as a as a upper class black person. Yeah. Cut. Yeah. Or even like that, like Greek life as a status symbol. Right. That only, like you was talking about currency earlier. That mm-hmm. only has currency with other black folk Thank because. You. So I used to have Sigma Gamma Rho on my um, resume or my CV because I like I held high offices in this right. shit. Like I'm putting right. it on there, um, and I'm in a mental health field which is overwhelmingly white and male. And they don't even, like, know what that is. Never heard of it. And so, I mean, it would be... I know it would be very different if I was a Chi Omega putting that on my CV, you know? So, like, this... And when you were talking earlier, I even thought about, like, being in spaces 
Um, so being around like other black folks who don't know me or whatever, and it'll come up that I'm Greek, and all of a sudden I'm somebody. Right. Like, right, right. Oh, okay, you you didn't want to hear shit I had to say right. before, but now suddenly you're interested in like what I have to say. Or, or like the like reverse happening. So I'm around like these, you know, bougie blacks the, who have arrived at some sort of like middle class freedom, whatever, whatever they, they define that as. And say my like organization affiliation and then not be enough because I'm not a K or a Delta, right. you know? So it's just like this. It's, it's never enough. Um, it's because you pledged grad chapter, mm-hmm, or because you didn't yep. pledge at HBCU, oh, or you, you didn't pledge at Elite HBCU. Yep, yep, yep. Or you came, you came in um, under like the new the new intake process. We came in uh, um, post that, like or pre that, and uh, uh, uh. Oh, your profiles were this, and I'm more, I'm more. Half the line was paid for. Yep, half the yep. line wasn't. You know, yeah. did not of your line brothers and sisters like you? Yeah, like. It never is enough. No, yeah. You could be a descendant of the founders and yeah. pledge at Howard or even pledge right. at um, Cornell mm-hmm. or, you know, what was it, Butler? Butler. Mm-hmm. That still ain't mm-hmm. nothing but the gag is. All the nine, those are folks that don't even want to pledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wish I had a dollar for every Alpha Legacy that came up to me at um, while um, I've been at Syracuse and been like, you know, I thought about it. You know, and I really want to talk to you about mm-hmm. it, but I'm just not here for the bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, and these aren't dumb dudes. Right, right. Dudes, but yeah. these that would make excellent yeah, alphas. Yeah, you yeah. know, the type of alphas right. and brothers that I can actually Envision. depend on yeah, and yeah, love yeah. and be friends with. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to do it right. because, right. one, oftentimes they're looking for a cookie cutter type of dude. And I'm just saying, thanks to everyone's access to the internet and all mm-hmm, that type mm-hmm. of shit. Bitches, folks know you don't have to be one type right, of black man right. in order to um, cash yeah. a check. Cut. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to be an alpha or be in D9 in order to be bougie. Right. Oprah, Barack right. Obama, yeah. Beyonce, Michelle Obama, they yeah. have proven that yeah. ain't none of this shit shit. Right, right. It's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This ain't the civil rights movement no more. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I ain't got shit to add to that. Exactly. Like, uh, I think that our our leadership, at least, in our organizations are holding on to this idea that our org stamps some sort of, like, seal of approval on you mm-hmm. when, like, we're millennials. Like, that just, it just doesn't work for us no more. It don't. And another thing, it doesn't um, change the job market. It really doesn't. So being out for, yeah. you know, may it get you somewhere, yeah. but don't create no jobs. So it ain't yeah. going to get you, you know. Yeah. And even that, so I was thinking about, like, um, ne- it never being enough as far as related to, like, being financial or being active. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, that's a whole I way. just refuse, like, our dues are too much for too much. Y- for y'all to not be affirming of my entire life experience boop, boop, boop. like so y'all know if until i see until the day that my organization issues some sort of statement and I, and you know they're going to do it in this really like loose whatever way but okay. until y'all say something about like the the we we here for our queer sorrows then i'm just i don't feel like cutting a check to y'all like i have there are so many other organizations that affirm me as a black lesbian woman yeah. that I can like give my money to and support. And don't get me wrong, I don't believe in paying rent to houses I can't live in. <laughs> which is what I do believe of this is that often mm-hmm. what I oftentimes find me and other black queer people doing in these organizations, we're oftentimes building um 
purchasing plots and everything for houses yeah. we cannot be, um, live in. Yeah. Now, I paid my dues last year, so or mm-hmm. for this year. So, That's the cat. Okay, you know, I'm looking. <laughs> uh, fin- so I'm technically financially and physically um, active. Mm-hmm. But also look at them dudes um, being a grad student. Bitch, I don't make enough money to be um to be yeah, writing no check to them. Exactly. It's, but here's the yeah. thing about it. You know why I kind of do it is Loki for the same reason I um give offering to a church. One bit of it is out of tradition. Like my dad wants me to be financial, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of do like paying towards something that the men in my family hold so dear. Right. To be and fuck homophobic, fuck all this, mm-hmm. fuck what all this stuff is supposed to mean. To me, that is enough. Mm-hmm. That if this is something that like this family legacy, thank you. If that's yeah. something that we all could do together and feel esteem in right, each right, other. Right. Mm-hmm. That's enough by itself. But but also, you know, I have active relationships in in the organization. You know, I and I do agree with what the founders were trying to do. I'm just something about being right. up here yeah. in Syracuse, in upstate motherfucking New York. You see, right? Like, I'm you like so, I this, know yeah. what they was getting yeah. at, and then. Because keep in mind, it's still a hundred mm-hmm. years later for all of us, right. and it's like folks still yeah. want to pledge this shit. Right. So all right. of our founders right. were up, right. knew what they were doing a right. hundred years yeah. ago. That was awesome Afrofuturism. Afro- yes, yeah, that was yeah. some Afrofuturist. Yeah, especially when we're talking about Alpha and all this pyramid shit. Yeah, and all yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I do believe that they they and keep in mind this is pre the internet, pre the library right. system, the way right. we know it. So Absolutely. these were black folks aware of black people in different times and different parts of the world, right. even while they were doing what they were doing. And facing their oppression. Mm-hmm. So for those type of reasons, bitch, I fuck with the Jews yeah. even if I don't fuck with some of these niggas that walk around in the paraphernalia. That's today. how I feel. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. I feel like the only thing that keeps me motivated. So I'm I'm not a legacy. I'm a first gen college mm-hmm. student, but my baby sister has now joined my organization, yes. and so then it th- like that feels like it keeps me at least somewhat connected to like the future of this organization. All of a sudden right? that real. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Like she saw something in my journey with this organization that she also wanted to be a part of. Thank and you. so now I'm like, damn, like I really I I, I need to be intentional about and I and I also think about on a small scale of just being visible because I think yes. I think I'm loud as fuck. Like people know who I am as far as like my sexual orientation and all that, my politics. And so to see me in the letters I have to be just like, alpha. I feel you. Yeah, like I and I mean that's a lot of weight to carry. Like I'm I'm the queer SG row. But if if I could, if I have to be that, then I'll be that. Here's the thing about fraternities and sororities, just like gangs. As soon as you in, you, you ain't never out. There's you always never, gonna be this pack of people that right. know you want yep. even if you don't claim it. Mm-hmm. So you're always and you're always gonna be gay. So like <laughs> you are the gay alpha even yeah. if you don't see yourself yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, it's just like And I and I I fucks with my founders. Heavy, like, yes. like I, I don't think anything, like, because I was a first generation college student. Nothing in my life growing up in South South Jamaica, Queens, New York, prepared me to be on a his on an intentionally white campus in the middle of Alabama. Like, not like my mama loved her to death. She's a, an incre- incredible mother who instilled like all this black pride in these three beautiful brown girls that she had. But she never had to navigate right. a college campus, you know? And so she she's, like, supporting me. I'm crying on the phone to her. But there was, like, nothing. Like, she she couldn't, you know, institutionally impact anything right. for me. And so when I when I read about, like, these seven women at this all-white school that only, only allowed ten black students at a time to be there. So these had to be the I'm baddest. Like, I'm like, oh, 
right, right. And and at that time, that's like the seat of the Ku Klux Klan, mm-hmm. you know, and not being allowed into classrooms and then like going to study for their teaching exams in the basement of the library. Like all of these things, I'm just like, so there's no mandate that says I can't go to any other floor in the library. But why is it that all the black students at Auburn are still kicking it in the basement? <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, that's, that's what I love about it, because to me, let's keep it real. All the colors, all that shit bullshit. Yeah. The mission yeah. statements are interchangeable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all of that shit's mm-hmm. bullshit. What we value is truly the relationships. Yes. That's yes. what's real about it. Right. The ritual, like, once yes. everyone finds out their ritual, it's like, damn, I all this for this? Yeah. But what is deep and layered and lovely and nuanced is the, these relationships. These all, And then mm-hmm. especially for us queer people, these multifaceted, yeah. layered, complicated yeah. Yeah. Relationship that, that relationships that we have with our brothers and sisters in these organizations. Because mm-hmm. I think that's, well, it's probably why my first relationship didn't work. But it's also why it did work is that uh, this is a, a woman, another black gay woman who's also in my organization that we, we just see all parts of each other. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like you learn to love parts of yourself through being in relationships and queer relationships with D9 members, like in some way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then I think in having, in having relationships with women in other D9 organizations, it also makes me see... It, all, it like kicked down doors to the ways that black femininity can play out. Across yeah, like yeah. spaces, you know, because um, I wouldn't say that the stereotypes are true, but there's definitely a different swag of person across organizations. And so it was very different, different experience dating a Zeta versus dating a Ro versus dating Most a Delta. Most of the gay I know fuck with Kappa's heavy, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. I, you, know. you know, I'm trying to like, I'm just... Trying to engage with some of what you're talking about that I do believe that just because we're queer doesn't mean that we're independent of these gender norms oh, or these absolutely archetypes not. that come with the orbs. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you get the gay out of the way, oftentimes we're <laughs> we're as steeped in the bullshit as everybody else. As everybody else, mm-hmm. you know. So mm. absolutely, I think. Uh, so as soon as you said that, I was like, "Well, what type of poodle are we talking about?" Because all of like my massive, and that's another thing. Like I think SG Row is in like this really of of all the odds, y'all niggas gay. Like okay, but um, queer, anyway, queer, yeah, queer. <laughs> queer. Let me say queer because you know people be coming at me for like erasure and shit. But oh. y- y'all are all queer. You know, old habits. I grew up with the word gay for everything. So and, and here's the like, thing about it. <laughs> I can engage a lot because, you know, bitch, I am finishing this damn PhD and I do study sexuality, gender, and all that good shit. So, like, bitch, I can riff and talk the shit with the rest of everybody, mm-hmm. but what I still have to understand is I exist in black life. Right. And so, like, one of the things I had to tell somebody one day that I was, um, I was talking to this one girl and she was like, you know, I don't really know this guy's orientation. You know, I'm not one of those people that, that, um, that you know, assume things. I wait till people tell me. And I was like... You know, that's real polite, but that's not really how white folks, <laughs> how black folks work. Like, black folks go with, no, this is what y'all are based on what you look like. And so, you're going to have to fight me to prove me different. Yeah. And so, you know. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what happens with um, hazing and online and all that shit, too. That it's like, folks up there fighting for their lives, fighting mm-hmm. for their, you know, masculinity mm-hmm. and femininity tooth and nail, mm-hmm. you know. To somebody who is questioning theirs. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, this... 
this woman who kind of like chin checked me about being a dyke and not being able to join her organization. Pretty sure she's queer. Will she ever be like out about that or that she should she have to be out about that? Probably not. We have very different life trajectories. But the, the reason why you were able to see that in me is because exactly you're trying so hard to not see it in yourself. Because honestly, the opposite is kind of happening with me in adult life mm-hmm. in um, Alpha or not just in Alpha, but just in D9 in general. That it's like oftentimes I feel like I attract men mm-hmm. in these organizations who I'm not going to say that they want to be out or are trying or on a process to coming out as a gay person, but they do see a sense of liberation or do see, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a freedom of gender performance that seemingly comes with me that they want to be around, mm-hmm, that they want mm-hmm. to soak up and be, especially now that we're all in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, if they all were alphas and I was on the outside... I think it'd be different. They wouldn't look at it as something that, oh, that's freeing. They they look at it as something that potentially labels them as different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But once you're in, like, it changes. Right. You know? Yeah. Because you, you've passed some sort of test. So, like, now you're, like, one of us. And I would think that that may be one of the things that may be slightly different with men versus um, women. Because I know, like, say, a lot of my lesbian um, friends that are in D-Not organizations didn't necessarily have an issue getting in. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the inside thing where the complications started to arise mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of their sexuality. Yeah, I would and, say that's true for me. And so with men, it's like mm-hmm. that's the thing that keeps them out oftentimes. Yeah, you know, in the first place. Yeah, I, I see. I, I see that. I saw it play out on my campus. Um, yeah, I think with with guys, it's like even whispers of your orientation or gender performance or whatever. It, even if it's not the case, even if you're not right. queer, keeps you out. You can't even make line. But for the women, it's like, oh, we'll bring you in, but then just traumatize you once you in, like you. And at HBCU, <laughs> especially which, and when we're engaging with the sexuality thing, I I even had to embrace or engage it bigger than just like homosexuality, but like sexuality more broadly. Like with girls, it's this whole don't fuck nobody on campus until you cross. Yeah, then you can be a hoe. Yeah, that is yeah. like this. Is this mm-hmm. um, binding or this policing of people's sexuality is bigger than just being attracted to the same sex? That's true. Now that's more on women than men, but like even in fraternities and sororities, the type of girls you fucking the type, like, yeah, you fucking um yo yo um pro vice ex girl yeah yeah yeah, yeah. girl and all there's a lot you know Seth I have never thought about that, mm-hmm. but this like. Queerness is just the easy target right. for not addressing all the way like sexuality and um, sex is policed. And you are so right because mm-hmm. it's just like you. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a lot there. But what you just said was just like, damn, I've never thought about that. Like in order, even if when you're showing interest in the organization, it's like they run a whole facts. Like, who have you fucked? When did you fuck them? We, uh, but but you also need to be a girl that is fuck a bowl like uh, uh so you know they have like the fraternity dudes come in and be like would you smash would you smash thank you thank you for but, going there can I insert something real go quick? ahead go ahead because this is even some of the homoeroticism of fraternity life in the sense of you still have like even though these niggas are attracted to women you still have to be mm-hmm. a fine enough nigga to make niggas want to yeah, be friends yeah, with you yeah 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 mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. for for all the things that niggas say, I don't see niggas. I don't look at dudes. No, you do. Yeah, because don't none of y'all want ugly frat brothers. Exactly. You know? I, and they will say that. Like, um, 
What? Oh, I think especially I experienced this with Kappas. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he, he ain't like, he ain't got the juice. He ain't got the swag. Or looking at somebody and be like, oh, he would make a good Kappa. Yeah. What you're doing right now exactly. is is this like way of saying that this man is attractive without saying that you think he's attractive. The fraternity sorority system is all about sex. That's what it's it's about coupling people to breathe. Like, it really is. Like, when we don't engage with it, I'm not going to reduce it and say it's just that, of course, but like, when we don't engage that as being a central focus of it, we ain't doing this work, you know? Yeah, because, you know, like, all of that, like, first fam, canine connection, golden love, all of these things, it's just these ways of Pairing folks up, yeah. And I think um, the heteros especially, they be very proud of that. Right. Of like, my man is an alpha. Or <laughs> they, they don't consciously, they consciously, unconsciously say it. Yeah, yeah. I can't date nothing other than a, yep, da, yep. Da, da, point me to the, da, mm-hmm. I want to go to this part of the, no. Like, they don't think of it like, oh, I only date this or I pledge this because I will I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of girls would explicitly would, tell you that yeah. they're pleasant so they can marry out exactly. for Exactly. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard girls who are aspiring aspirants, if you will. I'm like, so why do you want to join? Oh, well, you know, I really like the Kappas. <laughs> um, so you think this will give you a better shot at landing one? Okay. For real, though. Yeah. And here's the thing about it. It's ridiculous in theory, but in reality, well, it does give you a better shot. At yeah, I mean, you and, in, you're in more social situations with them. So. And, and, and it's not as though being partnered off doesn't oftentimes help you survive better in this capitalist paradigm. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is oh, a lot. Oh, come on, Seth. There is, there's a lot to, to suggest or to make yeah. people want to do it and to yeah. make it a real mm-hmm. thing, not just a silly, mm-hmm. ditzy, oh, I just want to meet with Cap. I just want No, no. it seems as it's like the, all the other things like layered in there. Um, like we were talking about earlier, it's not just that you want to be with an alpha man, but an alpha man implies that he has education, right. implies that he hopefully graduated from somewhere, mm-hmm. will go on to be some kind of scholar, especially with alphas. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, at my school get they a used job, to do this chant. Yeah, they used to do this chant like we party hard, we stay up late, but most of all, all we, we graduate. graduate. <laughs> and, making yeah, and so that's so even though I don't think aspirants into sororities are thinking about that on like that level. Not but, on that level. Even though we do feel like they are consciously saying it, but not It's like this unconscious know. thing of like yeah. um like me me getting me bagging an alpha isn't just about like the look of it or saying that my boyfriend is an alpha. But when I say my boyfriend is an alpha then all these other assumptions come with it. Oh uh-huh. he's a scholar, he got a job, he got an education, he got a car. And then, what does all that say about me? That I must be fine. I must mm-hmm, be a mm-hmm. I must have uh, bringing enough to the table to suggest. And that's mm-hmm. what all this really is about. It's about this suggestion of who you are, you know, based on being a member or being associated with mm-hmm, these people, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Which, I guess, bringing it back to my gay-ass experience dating with all of my relationships being with women in D9, like, um, with the exception of one. Um... I've never had a public relationship with a D9. You know, define public because maybe I haven't either. Define public. Okay. So put like this. I've I've gone out on dates and had um intimate relationships with um D9 members, but 
I def I this is something that you may have done that I haven't. I definitely been walking down the street holding hands with no D. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, but most importantly, I haven't introduced a D. Nine member to my frat brothers. Oh, as, this as is, your okay, right? I've, I've like, done that. I think when that mm-hmm. starts to intersect and the public and private start to in that mm-hmm. way, then that you know. Yeah, I was thinking about. Um, I have been with women in sororities who have pretty much been like. When we're around my sorrows, you just got to be my SG Row homegirl. Right. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay. And here's the thing about it, especially when dealing with um, inside um, the frat or inside the sorority. You know, one thing that I've had to do in recent years is to stop stop not talking about people or stop not. Because when you're dealing with DL dudes, it's like, you know... What happens between us stays between us. It's not a big deal. And then so, like, if you have a fucked up situation with them, no one really knows what you're going through. No right. one really knows who you was going through or anything like that. Yeah. So what I started to realize is that that was putting me in the closet with them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so in recent years, I've had to just be honest with my friends about who I'm dealing with and that these guys are oftentimes closer than people realize. Right, right, know? yeah. You know, what you just said is like a whole paper book episode, but about, around how like not being out also hides a lot of like trauma, abuse, violence, yes, em- emotional turmoil that happens in queer relationships also. Yep. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, like say, when we're talking about out people with bi or queer or bi or straight cisgender people... Oftentimes, you're the one carrying on the burden of mm-hmm. the relationship and of their closet. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like you're dealing with them in the closet. Like, you're putting their closet on your back. So, they're sitting mm-hmm. in the closet and you're holding <laughs> the closet on your back, lugging it around. Yeah. And people are asking you, why the hell you look so tired? And you're like, yeah. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I think that, like, being, um, I don't even know how to put it, but being, like, visibly queer like being that partner in the relationship right. is often that that way that work that you do too like the, the where the public meets the private of relationships cuz to keep to keep all the way real cuz bringing it back to the greek thing i think i probably have had better luck with some alphas because the larger association of us being together both being frat brothers brothers authorizes just, like oh yeah to, you know we're just frat brothers Damn yeah. it, Seth. Either like I, I really think that there's a comfortability with sorors hollering at me because there's like who aren't out right. because it's like of course we chill all the time of course we like kicking right. it we spending the night at each other's house this is my sorrow this you know this is my and so then they <laughs> have the freedom of building it up to be whatever they want it to be and tearing it down at mm-hmm, will mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so when y'all kicking and when y'all together when y'all in intimate throes of passion. Shit, y'all can be soulmates. Yeah. But as soon as you're around someone else, y'all now can just be frat brothers. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's really convenient. So especially when we're talking about DL people in um, sororities and fraternities, mm-hmm. that's one way that some of these conventions and meetups work. That it's like you're able to run off and do this under the guise of... Away from your partner, yeah. away from yeah, your just, hetero life. yet. What you hit it with that is not just heterosexual people are running yeah. off to do gay shit. There are yeah. gay folks that got partners that yeah. are running off yeah, to, yeah. to, you know, frat or mm-hmm. sort meeting to, to fuck around. Yeah. And then come back and say, well, I was just hanging with my frat mm-hmm. brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Noobs never cheap. 
I heard that book, heard that book is on Amazon. Noobs never cheat. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think we hit all yeah. my questions. Um, you did. Um, one thing that you did um, bring up was the Delta Phi Upsilon thing, where the two dudes got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me want to ask you this. Well, let's assume you get married because I ain't got time for all this postmodern. Uh, uh, mm. You know uh, what is monogamy? Yeah, you know and all that. That's for another podcast. But if you got married in a traditional way, mm-hmm. would you have your um, sorority sisters sing at, at the ceremony? Um. Uh, Would they circle up and do the and and, and, and do, do the, the song, song, song around that me? They typically do a heterosexual. Um, um, I would think so. Knowing me, oh gosh, I don't know. Cause my my first thought is like, fuck no. But then I'm just like, hell yeah, cause uh, that would be that would be a queering of this sorority ritual, unlike like. Anything I've ever seen. Like to have these women circle around me, my gay ass, yeah. on my wedding day. Only you and, USA and, sister. Yes. And sing this song in celebration of my partner and me. And that I am so like a part of them them and their sisterhood. I'm just thinking about like the lyrics and shit. Like forever, eternally. Like th- these are words that y'all wrote. Somebody wrote. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> like to to have that, I feel like that would be such a like a resistive statement that y'all have got to circle around me and sing this, and and also I guess like a little key key on that is half y'all heterosexual ones ain't married, so like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to do, like to do that to do that, like all these um, ways that y'all work to like uphold these institutions that ain't even working for y'all, that ain't even but, working for y'all, so. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I would. So a real answer, I yeah. can't say yes yeah, and no. So a real answer is I would handpick the sorors that would circle around me. I would definitely have my line sisters there, my sister and her booze. Um, I think a lot of her LSs and chapter members. Yeah, so I would just handpick who I wanted there. Um, I would think. For me, I think it would be insulting to have a wedding that didn't invite my mm-hmm. um, alpha frat brother. It's mm-hmm. like that's that's insulting. Um, I wasn't invited to a recent SG Row wedding. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, straight people can be very cruel. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Black folks like white people. They're the white people they, of black people. So I just, you know, sometimes I had to just understand that they worship. I need that on a shirt. Straight people can be very cruel. <laughs> that would be good. Straight people can be very cruel sometimes, child. But um, for me, one, I don't think I'd marry Alpha. Just to keep it real, I, that's not what I predict. Um, so, but and to me, that's a whole different question. Like, what would you do if you married someone within your organization? Like, yeah, that's it. Because I was thinking about marrying the GDI when you asked if they would sing at my wedding. I wasn't even thinking if I marry a soror. But continue. Okay. So and your hypothetical in wedding. Hypothetical. I'm marrying another Greek male. Mm-hmm. Um, of a different org. Oh, a different org. Of a different org. Um. Here's the thing about it. I don't think 
I'd be running away from some of that traditional stuff anyway. So it's like, you know, you gonna edit this however mm-hmm, you want to. Mm-hmm. So we're just talking. Okay. okay. So, um, like I was um at my cousin's wedding a couple of weeks back and mm-hmm. my uncle had me do the speech on what is marriage at the wedding. And so the speech has, you know, marriage between a man and a woman and marriage produces children and whatever. So I take him to the side. I'm like, are you sure you want me to do this? Because here's the thing about it. I ain't political enough to, to lecture you on why this is yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell no. The, our whole society is founded on that mm-hmm, understanding. Mm-hmm. So like, please. But how about you get someone else to read this? Yeah. You know. But he, but he dismissed it. He's like, whatever. It's just speech, whatever. So basically what I did was I remixed it. You know, mm-hmm. two people cut the children right, part right, out right. and just gave something that I could say truthfully. Right. Now, theoretically, you know, I'm about, you know, three folks should be able to be in a marriage yeah, yeah, they yeah. want to. But I mean, <laughs> today wasn't the day. Like, it is a wedding. Like, no one asked me how you felt. So, you know. But, um, and it really had me thinking about, like, how traditional my ceremony would or would not be. Because it also was an um, intercultural uh, wedding because she was black marrying a Korean dude. Mm-hmm. So, it's like... What would I hold on to? Because it's like they um they didn't jump the broom, but did Korean traditions. We're like, so why they didn't jump the broom? You doing all this white folks stuff for that? And so I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, you know, why the hell would it, I wouldn't jump the broom? It's not like they let gay um, slaves get married or nothing. But then mm-hmm. I was like, well, the reason that we do it is not to. It's to honor that we come from enslaved mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Is that we still had a sense of self, mm-hmm. even under um, such circumstances. Yeah. So with that being said, it's like, I don't know. I think it just, de- I, I'm giving a bullshit answer. I don't know. It depends on the relationship because also the Greek dudes that I'm, that I'm into oftentimes don't be as into it as I'm into it. So it's like, if I do an alpha thing and he ain't interested in doing a cute thing or a mm-hmm. sigma thing or a kappa thing, then... What the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. If we ain't got a, a bunch of money to have a 90s style wedding with nine bridesmaids <laughs> out of them, what the hell are we, you know, what are we really talking about? Is they even going to be room for this song right. to happen? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially if I'm trying to really follow my hippie free spirit shit, low key, I want to get married but ass naked in the woods and then have a reception for people. But all that would still happen at the reception. Yeah, because I'm like, you can do that at the reception. But like when they do the guard thing, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, like I wouldn't like, do any cause, of that. Cause let me no fuck the guard thing. Let's go yeah. back to the song. I would keep only thinking of it from my point of view. As in, so we gonna surround Seth and his man. All the alphas gonna start surround. Like oh my god, okay, I could kind of see that, nigga. You put me in a circle and surround me with a bunch of kappa singing to me. <laughs> Bye, Seth. <laughs> nigga. <laughs> nigga. <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Good dudes and we all sincere and all that type of shit. Hell, no, I'll probably at least be crying, child. I cry. Shed a tear. This is beautiful. Somebody get photo evidence of this. Child, even if the relationship don't last, notice all these all these new singing to me. Serenading my ass, child. On my day. Because here's another thing. I ain't wearing no tuxedo. I'm likely wearing yeah, some Yeah, I definitely of, won't. I'm not doing no dress. If I ever, I don't know if it's, who knows what post 30 will look like for me. But if I ever get married, I'm definitely ain't doing no dress. For what? I don't do dresses in daily life. So, like, why would I do it for that day? Like, it's two things. If I get married and if I win an Oscar. 
Because you know, who like blew that spot all the way up. Yes. All of a sudden, both me and my mom was like, you know, you could win an Oscar one day, like, like a documentary Oscar or something. Mm-hmm. If I'm ever nominated for Oscar, you can be guaranteed I ain't wearing no damn tucks. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing some type of sequin, maybe even off the shoulder Cleopatra, King Tut type of situation. Ornate, bitch. Yes. Ballroom style. Yes. Ah, yes. Oh. I was because I was thinking about calling this series "Paris is Burning Sands." Mm, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> well, especially when we're talking about this other mothering, and also mm. we're talking about this rites of passage. It really does overlap, you know. Yeah. So, thank you for doing this with me. This was fun. This was oh, fun. good. Well, then I would love to have you back sometime yeah. on a different topic. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, so that concludes this episode. Oh, Thank you. you gotta follow me. I didn't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just about okay. to do that. Follow me at Instagram uh, on Instagram at Seth the Shocker. I'm also on um, Snapchat Seth Snapshit. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. You know, is there okay. any other platform that folks use? Um, Twitter. Are you on Twitter? No, nah, I don't use it. And my Tumblr is an adult Tumblr, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, most most Tumblr folks, folks in the Tumblr community understand that. But if you don't want to give it out, I the, understand. The next, um, the next session we'll talk about <laughs> our, our personal Tumblr. Okay. So I'll put I'll put all your links in the description box. Yeah. Uh, hit us up. Use the hashtag to join this conversation. Is hashtag queer WOC as always. Um, and if you are a queer. D9 member, hit me up. Let me yeah, know what let you us think. Know. Yeah. yeah. Keep the conversation going. Yeah, because um, it was just pure luck that I got to interview two of y'all back to back. So I don't know who else will come tumbling in that I'll get to. Any cappers out there, holla at me. Holla at your boy. Set <laughs> <laughs> the shock on Instagram, DM me. I feel like uh, every gay Sora, I hope anyway, it's my hope that every gay Sora who hears this, who's in earshot of my voice, um, gets emboldened to slide up in my DMs after this. I feel that. Like, and, and not to then take it and make it corny, but yeah, one, yes, please, any gay D9 member, feel emboldened to slide in my DMs as well. But feel emboldened to be the your be fucking you. you yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because here's the thing about it the work that we do has to be done within the organization. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think we probably both have these moments that it's like, oh, these niggas are homophobic. I can't fuck with them no more. I just mm-hmm. can't. But in a lot of ways, I almost feel like God, the Jews, yeah. your founders picked us, handpicked yeah, yeah, yeah. us to mm-hmm. um, put us in these organizations to do this work. You say you love black folks. You say you love um, black women. You say, I say I love black men. Well, you don't have to take their bullshit, but this is how we love them. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, y'all. We out. Deuces. Out.